What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever show for bragging rights. I am Golden Blue Dude. Now, just a little bit of history about myself. I've actually been doing a YouTube channel for a little over a year, and I've done some live shows over on some West Virginia Facebook groups because I'm a West Virginia fan. So this is my first, you know, I guess you could call national live show. So you are a part of history. Yes. And it it just so happens this is the night before the election. So more history will be made tomorrow. And don't forget to vote tomorrow. Just one piece of advice. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but vote common sense. Don't vote emotional like a lot of people are trying to get you to do. Vote common sense, not emotional. Think about that. So what is my show about? College football. Why? Because I love it. I live it. And I'm obsessed with it. I admit it. It's a sickness. I'm obsessed with it. So on this particular show, every week, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is the AP Top 25. And I'm going to give you a heads up right now. I will never, ever agree with the AP Top 25. For whatever reason, me and the AP voters, we do not think the same way. We just don't. It happens every stinking week. So that's a heads up. So I'm going to run through it real quick and then tell you what I disagree. Uh, on this on, on this particular AP Top 25, it's more of the, the bottom. There's a few in the top, but it's more the bottom. So in the top, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Personally, uh, with uh, Trevor uh, testing positive for COVID and Clemson surviving Boston College at home, I would actually put Alabama over Clemson. And I'm not a I'm not an SEC homer or anything like that. I mean, I'm a West Virginia fan. That's who I am. But I go by my eyeballs, what I saw. And I know Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but they still had to play. So you go by their performance. I know they didn't lose, but Alabama looked like the number one team for this particular week. But, you know, that's uh, that's not a huge deal to me. So Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I'm actually okay with all of that. Now, number five, Georgia. I do have a problem with Georgia being at number five, and here's why. I think Cincinnati right now should be above Georgia. Here's why. All right. A lot of people are saying, you know, Georgia got beat by Alabama. And, you know, Alabama is one of the best teams. Well, the thing is, if you look at their other wins, they don't really have any great wins. I mean, you can use the argument SEC all you want, but let's look at this. At Arkansas, they're better. That's still not a great win. Uh, home against Auburn. Auburn was ranked number seven at the time. But guess what? Auburn since has fallen out of the rankings and just recently jumped back in. And then the next win, Tennessee, they were ranked 14. They're not ranked anymore. And then the last win at Kentucky. Those are not quality wins. Now, this coming game, this Saturday, if they go and beat Florida, that's a quality win. And that might be enough for me to jump Georgia over Cincinnati. But right now, uh -uh. now, number seven, Texas A&M, number eight, uh, Florida. They're both, well, Texas A&M, four and one, Florida, three and one, BYU, number nine, seven and oh. I'm hearing a lot of, you guys got to realize, I have, I have my, uh, I have my irons in a lot of fires, okay? So I hear things from BYU fans. I hear things from, you know, I hear things from everybody. And I'm hearing a lot of complaints from BYU fans of why they're not higher. You know, Zach Wilson, Heisman contender. I don't disagree with that. 7-0, uh, I don't disagree with that. That's a fact. But if you look at their schedule, oh, they haven't really beat anybody. I mean, Navy, Troy. Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Houston, Texas State. None of those are great wins. And really, if you go through their entire uh, schedule, their best win is at Boise State, which would be a great win, but that's it. After that, nothing. So I'm not high on BYU like a lot of people are. I am high on Cincinnati. And I do think 
that Cincinnati has a shot to get into the playoffs. We're going to talk about that later. More on the top 25. Let's reset for a minute. All right. One Clemson, two Alabama, three Ohio State, four Notre Dame, five Georgia, six Cincinnati, seven A&M, eight Florida, fine, whatever, nine BYU, ten Wisconsin. Uh, I know they had they had COVID issues, but they did look impressive in their first game. Uh, number eleven, Miami. Miami is uh, trying to recover from the Clemson loss, and uh, they're kind of sneaking, trying to sneak their way back into the top ten, and if Notre Dame were to get demolished by Clemson, even without Trevor, uh, they could knock Notre Dame under Miami, and then they would be in a fight to uh, to the ACC championship and then uh, have a chance to be Clemson to get into the playoffs. Because that's the only way either of these two teams are going to get in. Notre Dame, Miami, you're going to have to beat Clemson at least once. Miami already had one shot, and they failed. Number 12, Oregon. All right, for weeks, I've been saying, you know, don't put the Pac-12 in the top 25 yet. Uh, if you want to treat it like a preseason poll, then you wait till the week before. So now that it's the week before, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think Oregon's going to be a good team. I do think that's a bit high. Here's why. Not because they're not good, but they're only going to have six regular season games you start them out at number 12 that's too much of leeway you know I think they should I think they should be held accountable for only playing six games so that's too high I would start them out at like 20 and if some things happen and they sneak into the playoffs fine but don't don't give them an advantage because they're not going to play as many games as some of these other teams uh number 13 Indiana uh, if you saw this coming, then you're a rich person because nobody else saw this coming. Indiana, they beat Penn State in overtime in the first game, and they won again last week uh, against Rutgers, who beat Michigan State, who beat Michigan. The Big Ten is crazy right now. So Indiana, number 13, didn't see that coming. So a big game that is setting up is Indiana and Wisconsin, and that that uh, could potentially decide somebody getting into the playoffs depending on if they win the rest of their games. Number 14, Oklahoma State. Man, Oklahoma State's only chance to get into the playoffs was to go undefeated. That's the way I saw it. They lose to Texas. I think they don't have a shot. I mean, a lot, a lot of things would have to happen for them to get back in. So they're out, number 14. Uh, number 15, Coastal Carolina. They look really good. They just – they smacked Georgia State around 51 to nothing. And Georgia State scared Louisiana Lafayette near the beginning of uh, the season, if you all remember that. So that's that's a big win. Marshall, uh, number 16, 5-0. Uh, here's where I have major problems, major, major problems. Number 17, Iowa State. Four and two. Number one, they have two losses. That that's too high for a team that has two losses. And there's a lot of other teams that are a lot more deserving of those spots. Uh, first two teams that pop in my head: Purdue and Northwestern. They're both two and zero, just like Indiana. So what separates them? And a lot of people say that Indiana. You know, they beat Penn State. Well, guess what? Penn State is not ranked anymore. So that's really not that good of a win. So Northwestern, they're undefeated 2-0. Whooped Maryland 43-3 and uh, went to Iowa, which is hard to do to win there. And they won at Iowa 21-20. Purdue, first game, home win against Iowa 24-20 and then at Illinois 31-24. So they're in the Big Ten. They're in the Power Five especially Northwestern. I think Northwestern definitely deserves to be ranked. Same with Purdue, but I think Northwestern is a better team. So that, that would be my argument for Iowa State. Um, I'm not totally against two lost teams being ranked. I mean, of course, eventually it has to happen. But number 17, I mean, there's so many other teams that could be uh, above Iowa State. You have SMU. Uh, even USC, even though they haven't played yet, uh, Boise State, uh, 
I wouldn't even put Michigan, no. Auburn, why do they have Auburn ranked? Uh, Liberty, uh, Appalachian State, Army, just to name a few. So that's why I have a problem with Iowa State uh, being ranked number 17. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette, which doesn't look like a good, a non-damaging loss anymore because Lafayette, they're not in the rankings anymore. And they lost to Oklahoma State. Not a terrible loss, but uh, Oklahoma State just lost. So uh, number 17 is just too high for them. Number 16, SMU, I'm okay with that. Number 19, Oklahoma, big, 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 big problem with that. Uh, they lost to Kansas State and Iowa State. They definitely are not a top 20 team. Uh, maybe you can make an argument that they're starting to look like a top 25 team, but definitely not a top 20 team. Uh, number 20, USC, fine with that. 21, Boise State, they look pretty good, but – they're just not going to have enough meat in the in the, on the bone to get into a New Year's Six because you got to realize the rule is for a non-power five to make a New Year's Six ball, you have to be the highest ranked champion. And Boise State, they're just they're going to run out of games. Twenty-two Texas. Oh, I don't even talk about that. That's just stupid. Uh, 23 Michigan, uh, I guess keeping them in the rankings is okay. Uh, 24 Auburn, don't agree with that, but they also get the benefit of the SEC because they're in the SEC. No, I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of that. They don't have any, uh, they don't have any great wins to make up for those two losses. And in my, in my eyes, if you're going to rank a team with two losses, and they better, they better sure have some great wins to wipe out those losses. That's just my opinion. And that's why I have a problem with uh, most of these uh, two losses being ranked. But that's just my opinion. I would put Northwestern, Purdue, Army, Appalachian State, just to name a few, and uh, make those other teams actually earn it. Like I said, you're not going to be able to keep a two-loss team out forever because, you know, the season keeps going. I think it's too early to keep a uh, two-loss team in the rankings. I mean, Penn State, they just got their second loss, booted them out. It's going to take them forever to work themselves back in. So, uh, yeah, that's why I don't agree with that. So prepare yourself. Every stinking show, I'm going to complain about the top 25, and I will explain why. All right, here's, here's the very interesting topic that I love to talk about college football every week, and that is, of course, the playoffs. There is no sure thing right now. The team that has the closest uh, to having a sure thing would be Alabama because they don't have any uh, tough games yet. Of course, they could get uh, left. Of course, they could get tripped up, upset, whatever. But as far as from now to the SEC championship, it's pretty much cake. Maybe Arkansas will be a tough game. I don't know. Uh, they will have to play Georgia again, but they, they've shown that they can handle Georgia. So as far as a sure thing, Alabama is just about as close to a sure thing as you're going to find, Ohio State's pretty close, but they're going to have uh, they're going to have some stiff competition as well. And the big thing that's happening, and we all know this, we all know this. Trevor Lawrence for Clemson tested positive for COVID. That that was a game changer. Let me explain why. Of course, you know it's going to affect Clemson and Clemson's play, but this this affects the entire realm of the college football playoff. So if Notre Dame beats Clemson this Saturday without Trevor Lawrence, they'll have a win over Clemson. And let's say they win the rest of their games, go undefeated, and uh, they meet Clemson again in the ACC championship, except this time Clemson has Trevor Lawrence and Clemson beats Notre Dame. If Ohio State and Alabama go undefeated, and that exact scenario happens, your four playoff teams, and there's no debate about it, this will happen. Your four playoff teams will be Alabama, 
Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. I do not think that they are going to leave out a team that goes undefeated in the regular season, has a win over Clemson. I know they wouldn't have Trevor Lawrence and then goes to the ACC championship and loses uh, to Clemson and has one loss. I don't think they would uh, put a two-loss Georgia in. I don't think they would put a two-loss Florida in. Uh, even a one-loss Texas A&M who only lost uh, to Alabama because they wouldn't have a win over Alabama. Even though their only loss was to Alabama, they wouldn't have that win over Alabama. So if that scenario happens, it's it's game over. Those are your four college football playoffs. But we all know that that's not a guarantee. And this is the year that a non-Power 5 team this is the best chance a non-Power 5 team has ever had to get into the playoffs this year. A lot of people are pushing for BYU. And it's because of Zach Wilson and because they're ranked number nine. But like I said earlier, if you look at their wins, there's there's not much there. I mean, at Boise State, then they have two games after that. And BYU does not have a conference championship because they are an independent. So, uh, yeah, that's why I think BYU has uh, little to no chance. And if you go on to ESPN, you'll see that they have BYU having a better chance than Cincinnati. When I saw that, I was like, that that doesn't even make sense. I'm guessing they're relying on Cincinnati losing, but uh, I would I would say Cincinnati going undefeated uh, is more probable than BYU because I think Cincinnati is just better. So uh, let's say Cincinnati goes undefeated. Let's look at their resume real quick. Um, they've beaten Austin Pay. They would have a win over Army, which has already happened. They were ranked, and in my opinion, Army should be ranked right now. They're a good team. Uh, South Florida, then they went on the road and beat an impressive SMU team. Shane Buchel, the quarterback for SMU, is looking really, really good. He's looking like he could be a dark horse Heisman as well. So that's a great win. Uh, they just recently blasted Memphis, who everybody thought would lay a lot of points on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is shutting people down. I mean, Austin Pay allowed 20 points. Army, 10 points. South Florida, 7 points. SMU, 13 points. Memphis, 10 points. People are not realizing this. Look at the points that the other team is scoring. Cincinnati has a lockdown defense to go to go along with a good offense. After Memphis, they would have Houston, East Carolina. Not great. But the last three games of the year at UCF, that's a quality win, even though UCF is down. At Temple, maybe not so much. At Tulsa, that also will be a quality win. And on top of that, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, they – will have won the ACC uh, championship game. And if I had to put a guess on it, uh, I think they would have to play SMU again, and that would give them two wins over SMU, a win over Army, a win over Memphis, a win over UCF, and a win over Tulsa. That's a pretty good resume in my eyes. And that's why I think Cincinnati has probably the best chance out of any non-Power 5 school now or in the past that I've ever seen. And that's including the undefeated US UCF team a few years ago that claimed a national championship. Give me a break. Y'all y'all did not win a national champion championship. And I do pull for uh, the non-Power 5 teams, but you didn't win it, so you can't claim it. All right, so there are still other teams that are in the hunt. If Cincinnati gets one loss, they're out. So in this scenario, I'm going to assume that Cincinnati gets one loss because I think uh, if the Notre Dame-Clemson scenario doesn't pan out, like one beats one and then the other beats the other, and they, they both have a win over the other, if that doesn't pan out, Cincinnati goes undefeated, Cincinnati would be in. So in this scenario, I'm assuming the Clemson-Notre Dame thing doesn't pan out and Cincinnati has a loss. So the other teams. We have Georgia. Uh, for Georgia to get in, 
it looks to me like they're just going to have to go undefeated and beat Alabama. I mean, they would have a win over Florida, but other than that, Auburn maybe, and then the, the loss to Alabama. But if they went to the SEC championship, two losses against Alabama. I don't think a two-loss Georgia uh, is going to get into the playoffs. And a lot of people are actually – the reason I bring that up is a lot of people are, are actually uh, saying that that's a high probability, like a high possibility. I'm like, well, you're not taking into account the other teams. In order for that to happen, a lot of other things would have to happen. For me, the only logical way that Georgia gets in is win out, win the SEC championship. Uh, same thing with Florida. Uh, if they uh, went out and lose to the S to uh, Alabama in the SEC championship, they would have a win over Georgia. Other than that, not much meat on the bone, and they would have a loss to Texas A&M, which be which would actually be a worse loss than Alabama. So Florida's in the same boat. They both need to win out and win the SEC championship to get into the playoffs. You can make any argument you want until you're blue in the face. A two-loss Georgia and a two-loss Florida not making the playoffs, not this year. Miami's still in the hunt. They're trying to recover from the Clemson loss as well. They have NC State uh, at NC State, at Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech at home, at Wake Forest, and home against North Carolina. At the beginning of the season, I thought uh, that home game against North Carolina would be big, and you know that would help with their resume. But North Carolina just got knocked out of the rankings because that they can't win on the daggum road. They lost to Florida State and Virginia on the road. They blew out a quality NC State team, and they looked really good at home. But on the road, they looked like crap. So North Carolina is not as good as, as what I thought they would look. So Miami, huh, nothing on the bone at all. Uh, Louisville, that didn't turn out. Florida State, they're not good. Pitt, not good. Virginia, so-so, NC State, and eh. Virginia Tech, and eh. Georgia Tech, not good. Wake Forest, and eh. North Carolina, and eh. and then they would have a loss to Clemson. The only way Miami gets in, same way, went out, beat Clemson. End of story. Texas A&M, same boat. Their only loss was to Alabama. They do have a quality win over Florida. That would help them a lot. And I see a scenario where Texas A&M could crash the party simply by winning out. Even if Alabama goes undefeated, goes to the SEC championship, and Texas A&M does not go to the SEC championship. Uh, if Cincinnati were to grab a loss or Notre Dame, Clemson beat the other one twice, that would open the door for Texas A&M because they would have a good win over Florida, and then they get another opportunity at a good win at the end of the year at Auburn. I think that's good enough to get Texas A&M into the playoffs. So I don't know why people aren't talking about that more than Georgia and Florida. In order for those two to get in, they have to win the SEC championship. Texas A&M doesn't. All they have to do is win out. They don't have to go to the SEC championship and beat Alabama. Georgia. Florida have to do that. So I, I don't know why uh, A&M's chances is not higher than Georgia or Florida. I'm not saying that they're better than Georgia or Florida. What I am saying is their road is easier than Georgia or Florida because both of those two teams still have to go through Alabama to get to the playoffs. There's no way around it. Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin had to cancel uh, their game against Nebraska because of COVID issues. Uh, it looks like they're, they're going to be able to play against Purdue. Uh, haven't heard anything uh, recently. So if y'all have any updates, let me know. I haven't checked on that. But Wisconsin, now, they're ranked number 10. That, that gives them uh, some hope. The how high they're ranked. That's what gives them some hope because uh, with Nebraska off the table, which wouldn't have been a great win, it does shorten their schedule a bit. So next they have Purdue, which I think would be a quality win because uh, I think Purdue should, should be ranked at Michigan, 
I guess that could be a quality win. At Northwestern, another quality win, in my opinion, should be ranked. Uh, home against Minnesota, maybe not. Home against Indiana, quality win. And then at Iowa, winning at Iowa is always an accomplishment. So if you go by the way I'm thinking, I see one, two, three, four, four quality wins for Wisconsin. So I think it's feasible, and this is the only team that I can say this about because I can't say it about any of the Pac-12 teams, none of them. Wisconsin could be the team that plays one, two, three, four, five, six, seven regular season games because they had to not play Nebraska and still lose to Ohio State as long as it's close and still make it to the playoffs. So I actually understand why ESPN had Wisconsin. I think it was 40%, something like that. Earlier in the day, I was like, man, why? Well, I, I actually sat down, looked at their schedule, and I was like, well, they would actually have a lot of quality wins. Even though their schedule is not that long, there's some meat on the bone. So don't sleep on Wisconsin. They, they could still uh, make it to the playoffs. Now, if they go undefeated, man, think about this. Guy. There are so many crazy things that could happen. So if they were to go undefeated and beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, uh, does Ohio State get in? Wisconsin would get in because they'd be undefeated and they'd beat Ohio State. Is Wisconsin good enough to do that? I I really think they are. They looked really, really good against Illinois. As long as their players are healthy enough, uh, you know, at key positions to play, I think Wisconsin is good enough to do that. So um, people are talking about Wisconsin, but not really talking about Wisconsin. They should be talking about Wisconsin. They have a legitimate chance. And that game against Indiana is going to be, Super, super important because uh, if Indiana – think about this trifecta, okay? So Indiana beats Wisconsin, but then Ohio State beats Indiana, but then Wisconsin beats Ohio State. All three of those would have one loss, and that loss wouldn't be that big of a deal. I guess you would have to go by uh, conference champion at that point, but still. What a crazy mess it could be. I mean, there, there's so many scenarios that you could come up with, and all of them are not, you know, not that far off. All of them could happen. Uh, it's fun to think about. The team that people are not talking about, and I give this – let me go on record, all right? I give this team 0% chance of making the playoffs. I'm not – this is not that. I just want to talk about this team just for a second. Hugh Freeze, the disgraced former coach of Ole Miss. Uh, what can you say about him? Big old pervert, I guess. Uh, but he goes over to Liberty, and this team came out of nowhere. I did not see this happening. I actually had them losing their first game at Western Kentucky because I thought Western Kentucky was going to be better as well. But they're 6-0. and and they just hit the top 25. Listen to this, though, all right? So if Liberty were to go un were to go undefeated, they would have wins at Syracuse, which already happened, at Virginia Tech this Saturday, at NC State uh, two weeks after that, and then the last game at Coastal Carolina. They would have some, some good quality wins. That would rival the wins of Cincinnati, uh, but they're ranked too low, so they have zero chance of getting into the playoffs. But if, if they ran the table and, you know, people weren't going by name recognition because that's what it seems like everybody's doing, uh, why not Liberty? I mean, I, I know nobody knows their name, but if they ran the table, that they would have some – Three ACC road wins and a road win against Coastal Carolina. 
it would be very, very tough to argue that. So that's why I'm talking about Liberty. Um, the weird thing about Liberty, though, is they, they don't have any tie-ins to any bowls. So I did a video on my show, Gold and Blue Dude. Uh, I, that's my YouTube channel. You can go check that out later. So I, I, did, a, I did an episode on my YouTube channel. And what I did was I went through all the bowls and uh, tried to project each matchup in each bowl was. And let me find this real quick because people don't realize this. All right. So whenever you're doing a bowl matchup and projections, th this is what you're dealing with. All right. Bowl tie-ins. See that? Each conference has bowl tie-in. Not only that, but you have to go in order of importance of importance for each bowl. So what you have to do is number one, try to figure out how each conference is going to fi finish. SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac-12, you know, Conference USA, uh, everybody. And then you look at the bowls and see, you know, where the tie-ins and Liberty does not have a tie-in, and I, for the life of me, I could not figure out what bowl Liberty would go to, and that would be a shame if they didn't get invited to a bowl, especially if they went undefeated with that gauntlet. Right now, they're six and zero. They should already, you know, be in the in the back of minds of some of these bowl tie-ins, but I don't know how that's going to work out. And that's why I mentioned Liberty because they're they're a they're a great story. Hugh Freeze, the disgraced coach from Ole Miss, is, you know, back with a vengeance, leading a no-name Liberty team out of nowhere, beating teams that they have no business beating. So it's a good story, but how is the ending going to be without a bowl tie-in? I have no idea. If, if any of you guys uh, have any ideas or suggestions what might happen, let me know because <laughs> I had no idea where to put them. I did a lot. I did every single – bowl projection and uh yeah it's tough it really is for for each and for liberty they just they did not have a spot so i, I don't know what they're going to do uh as far as who, who will invite them that that's something that i'm keeping my eye on as well all right i'm going to talk about the two other uh feel good teams and then we're going to jump into the Pac-12 and the upcoming games. All right, so bear with me. Uh, Coastal Carolina, they're they're a big time story right now. Wins over Kansas, Campbell, Arkansas State, Louisiana, uh, Georgia Southern, and Georgia State. Rest of their games: South Alabama, Troy, Appalachian State, Texas State, and Liberty. So that last game could be a big game. This next team, Marshall, uh, they're having a good season as well. They're five and zero. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, App State, that's a good win. Western Kentucky, La Tech, and FAU, rest, rest of the way, UMass, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte. Now, in my bowl, the reason I mentioned those two teams, in my bowl projections, looking at the tie-ins and where I projected these two teams to finish, I, I expect Coastal Carolina to finish one in the Sun Belt and Marshall to finish one in Conference USA. And if that happens, those two teams – will meet in the New Orleans Bowl. And if that happens, besides the uh, besides the playoffs or maybe the New Year's Six, that bowl could be one of the most must-see bowls on the docket because uh, Coastal Carolina is looking really good. They just blasted Georgia State. Marshall has Grant Wells, their quarterback, he started off uh, on fire. In fact, uh, he jumped into my dark horse Heisman. He kind of struggled uh, after that, but he's starting to get back on track. So if if Grant Wells can get his arm back underneath him and start producing, those two teams meet. That could be uh, fireworks. That could be a great game, very entertaining. Uh, two teams that nobody really ever he has ever heard of. I've heard of Marshall all day long because I'm from West Virginia and, you know, they think that they're a rival of West Virginia, but they're not. But you know, we let them think that. So I've heard of them. 
have relatives that went to Marshall, graduated from Marshall. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about Marshall other than they think they're a rival and they're not. So for me, uh, I, I think it would be a, a very, uh, a very entertaining game. A lot of points would be scored and uh, it could steal the show. Um, probably not over the playoffs or the national championship, but it could steal the show over the New Year's Six Bowl. I'm telling you, that, that's a very intriguing ball to me. Finally, 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 the Pac-12 is going to play football. After everybody pushing their season because of COVID and the Big Ten canceled, the Pac-12 canceled, the Mountain West canceled, and the Mac canceled. And back when all that happened, yours truly on my YouTube channel, Golden Blue Dude said they're going to realize they made a mistake and they're going to play football. And everybody's like, you are crazy. I'm like, it's going to happen. Now, at first, it looked like uh, Big Ten members were going to go rogue, like Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, and they were going to try to play in other conferences or do their own thing. But uh, I guess uh, Kevin Warren had a change of mind. Uh, and... Uh, Maybe President Trump had something to do with that. Huh? I'm inclined to think that because the timetable suggests that. Not going to get into that, but I'm just saying that's what it looks like. So that gets reversed. The Big Ten uh, decides to start their schedule. Uh, they they played two games, Mountain West, and finally, no, not last because I think the Mac hasn't played, but close to being last, the Pac-12. Uh, the two best shots for the Pac-12 to get into the playoffs, we all know this. We all know this. This is nothing new. Oregon, USC. But just how good of a shot are these two teams? To me, like less than 5%. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on y'all, but uh, y'all just y'all push the season off way too long. So if Oregon were to go undefeated, they started at, what, number 12. They would have wins over Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, that's a decent win. Oregon State, Cal, and Washington. And then the Pac-12 championship game against USC. That's it. That that's that's not good. But what does help Oregon is their ranking, number 12. USC, uh, I think their ranking was uh, number they're at number 20 right now. If they were to win out, win the Pac-12, they would have wins over Arizona State. That that would actually be a halfway decent win. Arizona, eh, Utah, eh, Colorado, eh, Washington State, eh, eh. UCLA, also a quality win. Uh, but their ranking would hurt them. So if USC were to go undefeated, beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, uh, they would actually have more quality wins than Oregon if Oregon was to do the same thing. The problem is USC is only ranked 21st. And I did some big-time digging and looked at all the Pac-12 schedules. And the team, the team that would have the best quality wins if they were to go undefeated and win the Pac-12 championship would be UCLA. They have to play Oregon and USC in the regular season, and they would have to play Oregon again. So they would have two wins over Oregon. And I'm telling you guys, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Chip Kelly has UCLA getting better and better. Now, I'm not willing to go out on a limb and saying that that's going to happen. But I'm saying is Keep your eye on UCLA. Chip Kelly is turning it around. They looked much better last year. And don't be surprised if UCLA can pull the upset over Oregon or USC. And I actually wish that they would have UCLA ranked. I think UCLA is worthy of being ranked. And uh, now that I've said that, what's going to happen? UCLA will probably tank. But I don't think that's going to happen. But the, the chances, the point was the chances of the Pac-12 getting into the playoffs is not good. And it's not because the Pac-12 itself is not good. It's because the 
decision making was not good and they're just not going to have long enough of a season. I don't see an undefeated Oregon getting over, say, a one loss Notre Dame, an undefeated uh, uh, Cincinnati, uh, one loss Wisconsin, one loss Indiana. Well, they probably would put them over a one loss Indiana, but I wouldn't because uh, more games, better games. But this is 2020, so it could definitely happen. I just think they waited. I think they waited too long. And, uh, you know, this show is from East Coast to West Coast. So I try to I, I try to take all everybody's feelings into consideration. So this is not trash talking the West Coast. This is just saying not enough games, plain and simple. Now, if some crazy things happened, yeah, it definitely could happen. Uh, I think. I think Clemson, Ohio State, and uh, Alabama going undefeated would benefit the Pac-12. But what would have to happen after that is, number one, Cincinnati would have to lose. And then Texas A&M probably would need to grab another loss. That that would be one, one thing that might get in their way. But Oklahoma State lost. And with that loss, that helped both Cincinnati and the Pac-12. So, you know, I can't rule I can't rule anything out because every time I try to rule something out, exactly the opposite happens. And I'm like, man, could, could it just be normal? But but I still like the chaos. I still like the chaos. I do chaos videos. I do my chaos meter. Not gonna lie, I love the chaos. So I hope y'all enjoyed my show. Ignore my rambling sometimes, but I get heated about things. I love college football. I, I hope that I hope that vibe comes through the screen and you can feel it because I do love it. I do live it, and I am obsessed about it. And I just I like to I like to you know spread my passion to everybody else, and hopefully it will bring y'all a little bit of a joy and a little bit of excitement and a little bit of knowledge. So I forgot one thing. The games for Saturday, I almost completely forgot about it. Oh, but I remembered. So Friday's game. This, this surprised me. Uh, Friday actually has some important games. Now, the first one is number 11 Miami at NC State. Doesn't sound all that important, but NC State could trip up Miami, and then Miami would be done, like no shot at the national championship. So I'll be keeping my eye on that, and it will be on the road. Uh, Miami is laying 10 points, uh, but NC State doesn't have Devin Leary. Uh, I don't think they have him. I would have to do a, a, a check on that. Last time I checked, they don't have Devin Leary for that game. But uh, they're laying 10. I would take the points, but still taking Miami to win that game. And then a huge non-Power 5 game, number nine, BYU against number 21, Boise State. Uh, BYU laying two and a half. I would actually lay those points. This is a, this is a uh, spread uh, uh, information, if you will. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. Uh, BYU laying two and a half. I would lay those points. I think Zach Wilson is really good. Um, it's not that long of a trip for BYU. I think they'll be all right. Uh, you know, all they have to do is win by a field goal. I'm confident in that. Then we get to Saturday's games. Michigan at number 23, Michigan at number 13, Indiana. And Michigan is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I'll take those points all day long. And I'm going to say Indiana on the money line. I think, I think Michigan is uh, not that great. I know Joe Milton showed signs of brilliance, but this is on the road, and Indiana has already beaten Penn State at home. So I'm going to take Indiana in the upset. Take the points. Take Indiana on the money line. The first Pac-12 game that I get to do a spread pick on, Arizona State at USC, USC laying 10.5. Now, there's one thing that I've learned in the past. 
whenever a conference is starting their first slate, their first week slate of games, it's really a crapshoot. And I know USC is favored by 10 and a half, but I would take the points, but I, I still think USC is going to win that game. I'm going to say USC by 10. There you go. West, the game that I'm going to be most interested in, num, uh, West Virginia non-ranked. I was about to say a number, but they're non-ranked. Four and two against uh, number, 20, number 22, Texas. I will do that all day long. Uh, they're also four and two. I, I'm not saying West Virginia deserves to be ranked, but neither does Texas. This They should not be ranked. Anyways, Texas is favored by six and a half. Uh, of course, I'm going to take the points, but I don't know if I would take West Virginia on the money line. However, I would say this. Uh, if you look at this series, the road team actually has won this game. And West Virginia is the road team, and West Virginia did look pretty good against Kansas State. So I'm literally changing my mind right now on camera. Give me West Virginia on the road to upset uh, Texas. There you go. Number 25, Liberty at Virginia Tech. Uh, Liberty 6-0, Virginia Tech 4-2. Virginia Tech laying 14 and a half. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the points. I don't know about Liberty with the straight-up upset, but if Liberty were to beat Virginia Tech, that is a huge win for Liberty. Take the 14 and a half, though. Ooh, the, the, the Jacksonville matchup between Florida and Georgia. Number eight, Florida against number five, Georgia. Florida's three and one. Georgia's four and one. Georgia is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. On the Facebook groups that I'm, I'm a member of, and and I do messages and all that. The Florida fans, they are they're chirping right now. They they're saying that Florida is going to blow out Georgia. This is the year. Uh, they swap three game winning streaks streaks back and forth. And you know, Georgia has a three game winning streak over Florida, so that means it's time for Florida. I mean, I'm hearing it all the time, night and day about everything. I'm, I'm not picking the upset here. I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to lay those points. I think Georgia will win by at least a touchdown, probably 10 points. They have a great defense. The offense is looking better and better, and I don't trust that passing defense from Florida. Prove me wrong. And I said the same thing whenever they played Texas A&M. People were call, calling me crazy, but it was a bad matchup for Florida. They're passing dif, uh, defense against Kellen in that uh, halfway decent passing offense. It happened. Florida's not winning this game. It's going to be Georgia by at least a touchdown. Uh, jumping over to the Big Ten, Purdue at Wisconsin. Wisconsin uh, laying eight and a half. This this all depends on if Wisconsin can field enough players and if they can, uh, if you know their uh, major players can play. I mean, Purdue is a decent team, and if Wisconsin can't get all of their good players, including their quarterback. Uh, I don't think I don't think their quarterback's playing this game. He's out for three weeks. This could be a close game. I'm actually going to take that those eight and a half points if the game actually gets played. I'm not I'm not willing to take Purdue on the actual upset yet, but I'm going to take those eight and a half. Uh, back to the Big Twelve, number fourteen, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma State four and one, Kansas State four and two. Uh, Oklahoma State's a two and a half point favorite. Uh, give me those points, and I think Kansas State comes back and upsets Oklahoma State for two losses in a row. And then I think next week Oklahoma State goes on the road and loses to Oklahoma, and we'll have three losses in a row. I think the snowball has started for Oklahoma State, and it's just going to keep going. They have a great defense, and if their offense would do what people were saying it's going to do, Oklahoma State could be a a great team, but it hasn't happened. Their defense has done their part, but their offense, huge letdown so far this year, especially Chuba Hubbard. Back to the Pac-12, Stanford at Oregon. Uh, Oregon laying 11 points. Uh, I'll lay those points. I think Oregon will be all over Stanford. And then the big one, number one Clemson, 7-0 against number four, Notre Dame. This this is a tough one. So you go back and you watch the Boston College game, 
the offense actually didn't look that bad. Clemson's defense was thin, and it showed. Clemson was actually down most of the game. They had to actually come back and win that game. That was against a lesser team at home. Now they have to go on the road to a better team in Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence and beat Notre Dame. And I think they do it. Clemson beats Notre Dame by 10 points. And here's why. Notre Dame has had one good game, and that was against Pitt. All the other games, yeah, they've won, but it's been sloppy. It's been messy. Quite frankly, it's been not good. This is where Notre Dame loses. Clemson goes into South Bend and breaks the heart of the Irish, and I think Clemson wins by two touchdowns. I know that it sounds bold, it sounds crazy, but it's really not. I go back and look at trends, and Boston College is is a really good team. Right? Notre Dame is overrated, guys. I'm telling you, Notre Dame is overrated. Uh, so I know I picked Notre Dame to make the playoffs before, but w- when I went back and looked at their previous games and broke it down, that record is is not what it looks like, guys. It is not what it looks like. I think Clemson defense uh, shows up. They're going to have a few more key players, not all of them. They're not going to have Trevor Lawrence, but they will have Travis Etienne. And that backup quarterback for Clemson is not too shabby either. He's really good as well. And if their if their defense holds uh, holds their part, and I think they will. I think they learned their lesson against Boston College, and they're going to get a few key players back, and they're going to be amped up. I'm telling you, Clemson's going to come out firing, and uh, Notre Dame's going to be like, man, we blew it. There you go. Clemson by two touchdowns. That's my uh, prediction for that game. We'll see how it goes, and uh, if Notre Dame were to somehow win that game, trust me, I will be back here next Monday, 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock Pacific, three hours back. Y'all, y'all know, y'all know, y'all do the math. Uh, and I won't eat my crew with any of these games. And, uh, you know, because I, I don't run and hide. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll admit it. So I appreciate y'all being in the audience for the very first Bragging Rights show here on NBS Central. And we have a great lineup here. Go, go check out NBS Central uh, on Facebook. Uh, great shows all the time. Uh, there's this new cat out there, John. He, he's he is awesome. He's entertaining. You need to watch him. I, I've been been binge watching his show now because I saw I saw his first show. This guy came out of nowhere. He's great. Go check him out. If you have a chance, if you have a spare moment, go check out my YouTube channel, Gold and Blue Dude. I do college football and college football only videos every single day and the subscriptions are growing and growing and i appreciate everybody's support so i will be back next monday thank you for stopping by and uh, we'll see you next monday